And welcome to an episode of More Than Dice. I'm Gonzo. I'm John. And Kathy is not here this time. She is at Gamehole Con, and it is just John and I. Um, and we are going to try to do our best to talk about some really serious and deep discussions that will uh, hopefully change your life for the better. Oh, shit. <coughs> Right. Yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> today's episode, John and I are going to talk about our best and worst RPG experiences, whether it be GMing, uh, ones we played in, um, and you know those type of things. Uh, some of our most memorable ones, and some of them that we we're just kind of like, uh, well, forget it, um, type thing. But before we do that. Um, we need to thank all of our sponsors. Guys, if you're coming up to Warfare Weekend, come out and say hi to me. Find me. I'll be around running around like a chicken with my head cut off. Uh, go to, um, go to the vendors, go play games, have a good time. Um, just enjoy everything that's going to be there. Um, and then once you're done, come back next year. So... Um, other than that, uh, as we know, we will not have an episode next week. Next week is our break because I'll be at Warfare Weekend and we'll be talking about other things and doing other things, but we'll definitely, our 100th episode will be when we get back and we'll talk about Warfare Weekend and, uh, probably some game hole con cause Kathy was there at that. Yep. And it's also Gonzo's cunning way of saying this is episode 99. Correct. It is episode 99. What? So like our pre-ramble was episode 99. Uh, I, I don't keep track of that. <laughs> so, um, so guys, make sure you go talk to our sponsors that are going to be there. Uh, Tectonic Crest Studios, uh, Muse on Minis, and uh, uh, Mechanica Studios. Um, so hopefully y'all can uh, go out there and see them. they got some really cool vendors going on, some really cool deals. Uh, Privateer Press, of course, going to be there with some sweet deals. Um, and our special limited edition, uh, model coming out during, uh, Warfare Weekend, which I don't know if everybody saw that or not. It is a Mompok slash crossover War Machine model. Um, and it's Ashlyn 1, re-sculpted, and she is also the Statue of Liberty for Mompok. You can pick him up, put him off. Pick him on, put her off. Pick him on, put her off. Which I thought was really cool. They did just for Warfare Weekend. And you can get it online. If you can't make it, um, but it'll only be online during Warfare Weekend, unless I heard. So, kind of cool. I liked it. I thought it was neat. thought it was coolio. Um, other than that, uh, John, what are you drinking tonight? I, had to fix uh, I have some Dr. Pepper and uh, Jim Beam Vanilla Whiskey. That sounds actually okay. I'm not much of a Dr. Pepper guy, but the other stuff sounds really good. Dr. Pepper just mixes everything. There's so many flavors in it. You, whatever you mix in it is probably going to bring out a flavor. Hmm. You know, maybe when we actually get together next time, ever, you should you should bring that and we can have a drink of that. For people who don't know, John and I really have not really met. I think we met briefly at the One More Ocean Weekend, but it was very briefly. Yeah, very, very briefly. But um, not like we have. Um, so hopefully... We'll do that. Maybe we can get you to go out to Adepticon. Uh, we'll see. I mean, that might be a little early in the year for me to do there. There's local stuff I should be going to first. And, uh, and there's a lot next year. Uh, John Con's moving to July, so i got to start planning for that. It's mostly the fact that 
none of this shit is really drivable. That makes it difficult. Gotcha. As soon as you got to fly, that makes it a more expensive vacation. Gotcha. Um, well, with that said, I am drinking big surprise because I'm sick and I apologize if I cough everybody's ear off. Uh, just water. <clears throat> um, which has been recommended by the doctor, of course, to drink a shit ton. Um, but I need to, and it's good for me, blah, blah, blah. Hydrate, man. Hydrate. Gotta hydrate. Yeah. Um, John, do we have any tributes that we need to give? I don't think so. I was looking, and I mean, well, unfortunately, quite a few people have passed. None of them or anyone that I really noted as, you know, people that that I've really heard of or, you know, had any dealings with their media or whatever. Uh, there is one, uh, John Witherspoon. Uh, uh, I think I remember seeing that. I actually, yeah. literally, I'm like, I kind of know who he is, but I actually haven't seen him in anything. Um, he's done, he's a big comedian, so he's done a yeah, lot yeah, of yeah. comedian work. Uh, Friday, which I haven't seen. Friday, uh, which I have seen because it's stupid hilarious. Uh, I guess I've seen I'm Gonna Get You Sucker, but uh-huh. I don't remember him in that. He has, he has very... Oh, no, I do remember him in Vampire in Brooklyn now. Yes. Uh, Yeah, I haven't seen a lot of his movies, unfortunately. Well, let's just say I am not the target demographic of his movies, unfortunately. I mean, but he did do do stuff. And uh, one of the things that he was real popular in was Boondocks, where he played Granddad, which everybody was like, uh, I never watched it, but everybody said they liked it, and that was the thing. But I remember him from Friday... And stuff like that. And it was just very funny comedic actor. Uh, had a great sense of humor and, you know, the way he pulled things off. But uh, he passed away. It didn't even say how he passed away uh, just this last week. So oh, I just closed the article. Sorry. I didn't even, I didn't even see. Um, he was 77 if I read it correctly. So Yeah. They say he passed away at his home, so it could have been anything. But... Sorry, I'm trying not to cough in everybody's ear. Um, I saw one that I know of that was, you know, kind of part of the thing that I recognized. Um, So for that, for everybody that's listening, and we did have someone pop up and say that they listened to us on their car and their drives today, which I thought was really cool. Um, Who was that guy? Do you remember, John? Uh, That was, God, you're killing me here. I know, putting you on the spot. I'm going to spot Tom Bell. Tom Bell, thank you so much for listening to us. We appreciate it. It is super cool when we hear from our people um, that they, you know, listen to us. Uh, For everybody, if you're driving this week to Warfare Weekend, please be careful. If you're flying, please be careful. Get there safe. Uh, I'll be there early. If you need anything, you know how to reach me. Thanks so much, guys. Cheers. Cheers. That might be slightly aggressive. How about your water? Is your water aggressive at all? It's slightly hydrating. <laughs> it should be very hydrating, so what the hell what do you got? Guys, I am uh, sick, so I'm trying to get over whatever I've got. And so I'm going to... If you're driving now, stop commenting. Stop yes. <laughs> uh, I'm going to try not to cough anybody's ear, so I may mute my mic every so often, just so I don't. Um, so just kind of be prepared for that. <clears throat> Man.
thing's kicking my butt. Went and got that uh, steroid shot yesterday, and man, I was wired this morning when I got up. There's a lot of that going around. I had it. Banyan had it. I had it the least, but despite the fact I get a lot of everything, I tend to get over it pretty well myself yeah. quickly. So, hooray. <laughs> yeah, I, the, I, so they gave me an antibiotic, and they gave me uh, the storage shot and something else. And so, I'm oh. like, I mean, I just took some fucking NyQuil and manned up. That's what I got. That's only me. Take a couple showers, but... Like I said, it, I tend to get over the stuff pretty quickly. I just catch all of it. Well, yeah, I mean, like, hot showers? Oh, man, they are so my friend right now. Hot showers are the bomb diggity. I don't care. That's <laughs> the cure-all. If I cannot solve it with some NyQuil and a hot shower, I probably should go to the doctor. Yeah. Jump in the hot shower, let that steam knock that uh, sinus pressure. Because it was, what was it, Friday night going into Saturday morning. Um... I went to bed really early, like 9 o'clock, which is super stupid early for me on a Friday night. And I woke up at 1 o'clock because I had so much sinus pressure, it was hurting my face. And I was like, I couldn't sleep. I was in so much pain. And so I was like, first thing up, get up and go take a hot shower to kind of cool it out. Grab some of my nose spray that I use to, you know, get you know, uh, st- the mucus stuff. Get some for the future when... It all starts draining down your throat and you're coughing it up. Yeah, and, and that's what I have. And that's what's going now, too, is it's it's draining down in the throat. and So I've got another spray that uh, dries up the mucus or didn't let me produce mucus. And so from 1 o'clock till 9 o'clock, 1 o'clock in the morning till 9 o'clock at night, I was up. And I was just, oh, yesterday I slept for like 12 hours. So this morning I woke up at like seven o'clock. So it was like yes, because we had rollback. It was like the perfect time to have a rollback. Yep. When I needed to get some sleep. So, other than that, um, so John had John didn't know what we we're gonna be talking about until today because I wanted to keep it top secret. Don't know why. Probably because I thought about it probably like ten minutes before we were gonna get started. Like I usually do. But um, we were talking about it. And one of our fans, Tom Bell, brought up the subject of, you know, I liked, uh, you know, the RPG discussion. And I was like, you know, we always want to try to do some RPG stuff um, and talk about things that, you know, are important to us and things that are just important, period. And RPGs are very important to me and John. Um, Not only just miniature gaming, but RPGs. And, you know, I was like, I, I started thinking about my old RPGs. That I played, you know, back when I was in the military. And I always consider those my golden years of role playing. <laughs> because I only worked three days on and seven days off. And when I was in the military. Because I had to go out in the missile field. And, you know, I had to be away from family a bunch. And so we were like three days working. And technically it was like six and a half days. But two of those days were considered commander holiday, commander days. And they could make us come in for training. But most of the time it was six and a half days off and we used to do a ton of role play in there and i was like man those were the days i mean we would we would start at like you know noon and not until noon the next day role playing type stuff and we would have like you know my spouse would come in and bring me you know she would fix a a plate of enchiladas for everybody and you know we would just like take a small break and do stuff like that and i was like man those days were like 
Ball's awesome. And they're some of the best role-playing games I've ever had. So I figured, you know what? Why don't we talk about some of the best role-playing we've had and some of the worst role-playing we had? Because, you know, we can't do the good without the bad. Whether it's games we ran or games we played. So what are we going to do? The good, bad, or ugly first? I mean, you can lead off. Let, let me talk. Let me talk about one of my worst ones. I got to play in. Now I don't get to. Okay. I don't get to play very much. Uh, as, as as the old saying, "Once a GM, always a GM" type thing. And so I didn't get to play uh, much. So this we were playing. It was like one of the D and D editions. I can't remember which one. Um, but um, one of the guys that usually was playing was like, "Hey, I want to run a D and D campaign," and I'm like, "Okay." I wasn't running this this last one, but the GM was like, sure, I can take a break and let you, you know, run something and see how it goes. And th- as a player, this player did a lot of metagaming, would use a lot of out-of-character knowledge in character all the time. And we were like, how would that character know to do this? And he was like, well, maybe I've heard stories. Okay, maybe you have. Where did you hear this story? And it was just like... You have to use fire to completely destroy a troll or it'll grow back no matter what. You know, it was like, you're a level whatever character. How would you know that? So, but a lot of out of game knowledge in game. And so we let this guy, he said he wanted to run a game. And I'm like, okay, cool. No problem. I mean, give everybody a shot. <coughs> and so we're sitting there and we all made level one D&D characters. I was playing a little level one rogue. And, you know, we just had kind of the, the plethora. It was like five or six of us, I remember. And so we're sitting there. And we're playing along and such. And we're going to go help this farmer that has a problem at his, at his you know, farm. He's hired some, he says, oh, it's like some creature in his barn that keeps on killing things off. And we need to go take care of it. Ah, typical, you know, this is typical, you know, first level character stuff. Probably some goblins or whatever. So we walk in, we get there, and we're, you know, being nice and quiet and trying to sneak in and, you know, not just bust everything down. And we get inside this barn, and it's a sphinx. I mean, okay. And I'm like, we're level one character. What the fuck is this sphinx doing in here? I'm like, okay, we're just roll with it. Let's go with it. And, of course, the Sphinx is like, you have to answer my riddles or I'll kill you. I'm like, okay, yeah, this is you know, standard. <coughs> and we're like, all right. And he tells his first riddle. A box without hinges, key or lid. And starts quoting the riddles from The Hobbit and stuff. And I'm like, oh, no. He's doing The Hobbit riddles. He didn't make up his own or... You know, try to do a thing. I'm like, okay. He just probably Googled good riddles and went with it. So we're like, how are we going to know this? Our characters are level one. They're pretty fucking stupid. Um, I, 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 I don't know. Can I just do like an, you know, the wizard's like, can I do like an intelligent check on, you know, general lore or something? And he's like, yeah, I guess. But you should be guessing as your characters. We're like... How can how can we guess as our characters? Because if you guess wrong, you're dead. Because the Sphinx just kills you. So the uh, the the wizard you know, rolls an intelligence check and gets it and gets the riddle. Oh, it's an egg. 
And he's like, oh, you got my first riddle. Good of you. Second riddle. And it's another riddle from The Hobbit. We're like, oh, God, really? So the wizard goes, I'd like to make an intelligence check to see if I get this. And he's like, yeah, go ahead. And he rolls it off. And he gets it. And he's like, good, you got it on my second riddle. Now for my third riddle. And I don't even remember what the riddle was. But it was completely, like, non-coherent riddle. It was like, I'm a giant this, and I float like that. And I'm like, I have no... I mean, it wasn't even like... Maybe this was his made-up one. But it was like, nothing that I could understand. Nothing that was going on. It was like, way out of the blue. And I was like... Uh, my the wizard's like, I want to make an intelligence check to figure this out. And he passes it, and the guy goes, yeah, you, it's this. And he's like, okay, so I say that. And the Sphinx is like, yes, you guessed my three riddles. Here is your reward, and I will not kill you. And we're like, okay. And the Sphinx disappears and leaves a chest behind. And we're like, okay. So we go to open up the chest, and like inside is like the perfect magical items for each one of us. And, but it's like, here, your warrior gets a plus five Vorpal Sword, and the Paladin has his Holy Avenger, and I'm just like, okay, guess we're going to be running a Monty, ha Monty Hall type campaign, and, and we're going to have all this cool gear right off the bat, and, you know, maybe he just wants to, you know, jump us up. He could have just asked us to make high-level characters, and we could have just gone from there. Um... And so we get that, and we're like, oh, this is really cool. We put it on. Paladin's got his Holy Avenger already, and, you know, I've got these backstabbing daggers that are, you know, perfect for being a rogue, and some really cool leather, and I'm like, okay. Uh, so we walk outside of the barn, and there's a giant red dragon. I'm like, uh... You do understand first-all uh, characters, right? Uh... Okay. And he goes, roll for initiative. Okay. Dragon beats us on initiative. We're waiting. He breathes fire on you. Roll a saving throw. We all fail. We all die. Alright. Good campaign. We're like, he's like, y'all should be able to take this. I mean, you got all the magical weapons. And I'm like, oh. This is bad. This is really bad. I'm like, uh, this is you could have just made this because we, we talked to him after we were dead we're like what were you trying to do and he was like well I wanted to do some cool fights with y'all and stuff and I'm like why didn't you just like um, you know make us high level characters and we could have done you know high level character campaign that way you could have thrown the really cool shit at us and stuff and he's like well I wanted y'all to you know do this, you know, and become and get powerful. And I'm like, then you got to start throwing things against us that are, you know, appropriate level. <laughs> like kobolds. And not give us the super powerful stuff. Because equipment doesn't make a character powerful when they don't have the level to effectively use it. Um, sure, I got plus five to hit with my daggers. So, you know, my skill is a little bit better. Yeah, still, the the lowest dragon, you know, is so many levels above you. You're still yeah. needing to roll super high to hit it. 
Yeah. When you do damage, it's gonna laugh at you. Ah, D four plus five. Yeah. Type thing. So I was just like, I mean, it was, it, it was, and then after we were talking to him about it and stuff, he was like, "Well, I guess I'm just not a very good GM because I think this is a this would have been perfect for us. We could have had a lot of fun." And I was like, "What do you think we do as GMs? Just like randomly choose things or?" You know, whatever. And he was like, well, I had some cool things set up later on where, like, you got to find a, a gin and I found a deck of many things that y'all could get. And I was like, I was looking at all of my friends and I'm like, this guy must be high or something. And, and, and the campaign ended right there. It was one game session oh, yeah. and it was just done. He didn't GM ever again. Um, he eventually stopped playing with us. Uh, because it was, we weren't, you know, doing all the great and cool things. Uh, but I was just like, this was bad. I mean, this wasn't, you know, like, you know, someone peeing in the corner bad, which that's another one I'm going to go on. Uh, this is just, he just doesn't know. He didn't know what he was doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll hear about that one next. I'll let you go with a bad one. Then I'll tell you mine. Thanks. Yeah. I'm not sure I want to hear about that. <coughs> Sorry. So, um, but yeah, so that was one of my worst experiences. So one of my worst was we did maybe two sessions of it, uh, and normal it was a normally reliable GM, my cousin John running it, uh, and it's Castles and Crusades, which is basically just a I know that slightly revised first edition Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, and it has all the said flaws of that. It tries to quote unquote fix it, but it doesn't actually fix any. It, it fixes some things, but doesn't fix what needs to be fixed. And the biggest problem was that he he had this weird thing. So all the characters were pre-made, so he didn't have to make characters. So I'm like, oh, cool, I'm an assassin. Awesome, you know, whatever. So we start off, we get in a bar fight, and they pull out real weapons. So I'm like, oh, cool, fine, real weapons. Uh, hand crossbow, assassination shot. And they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, uh, real weapons, real fight. Bar fights don't have real weapons. That's sort of a thing about a bar fight. Yeah, it's just punch the shit out of each other, bruising damage, knockout damage. Yeah, yeah, you, you, it's it's a good old Donnybrook. It's not it's not for real, real. It's for play, play. This was for real, real. So I killed people, and he got upset. Everyone got upset, and I'm like, look, a I'm an assassin. I'm not gonna fuck around with this shit. There was no way out. You made it clear I wasn't gonna get past them out the door. So fuckers started dying. They brought real weapons in. But the one that really spent it, and I think, is the next session. Because not Russia, David, going to be like, I'm not sure I want to continue playing this. So like, let's give it another session. That might have been just, you know, him feeling it back out. So the next session, he comes in, and there's this knight fighting us. And I'm like, this guy is whooping our butts. He's, like, just taking everything I have. So I'm like, I'm going to put it all into another assassination strike. I'm going to try this. So I hit him, do everything, and he rolls a die, and I can see him visibly blanch. He's like, oh, he, he survives it. And I'm like, oh, you fucker, you just fudged that role. Because it was an important NPC who was under some sort of control. So, basically, he just took our agency from us because he needed an NPC to survive. And normally, I mean, it, he may have been rusty, but normally John's way better than that. He's got a backup plan. He's ready for whatever. He doesn't get you in that position. I, I don't know what the hell is wrong. I don't know if it was like a pre-made adventure or what, but... It was not a good experience. Uh, after that, Dave and I just did not come back. <laughs> we had better things to do on a Thursday. 
Uh, and it wasn't like the most terrible, but I mean, I don't, actually don't have a ton of super bad RPG stories, luckily. Most of those don't last too long and aren't that impressive, but that's sort of the big one that sticks out in my mind. It just was like, this is not what I want it to, to be, so I'm out. Yeah, I mine, mine, I only have one other, and it was a bad one. Um, but I mean, it was, it, it just kind of, this one kind of actually shook me up for a second. And I was like, we were all in a what the fuck moment. But yeah, usually when a bad session is, and you know when a bad session, you're just like, yep, I'm done, I'm out. Yeah. I'm not, not going to do anything with this. It's not, you know, not worth my time and effort. Um, we had a session where... Uh, it was a, a guy, and he had his friend coming back from uh, basic training, and he wanted to do a, uh, a one-off with his friend while he was on leave from basic training. And I'm like, that's cool. You know, that's, that's, that's cool. We can do that. You know, your guy's yeah. in town. He's about to be shipped off for, you know, wherever. Yeah, let's do a little one-off uh, game session. And so we get together. We meet the guy fresh out of the Marine Corps, so on and so forth, and we're at my friend's apartment, and we're sitting there playing and stuff. And the guy's a little douchey, um, but he's got you know it's that it's that common mentality of I'm a marine, marine out of basic. Yes, yeah, that's what I'm saying, marine out of basic. Yes, um, a lot of very cool marines. None of them were just out of basic. Yeah, um, and so we're sitting there, we're we're sitting there talking and just playing, and it was your standard, you know. Low level, you know, we're going to go do this, kill some cobalt, you know, the, 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 the standard generic, you know, fun stuff. And he's like, well, I got to go pee real quick. And he gets up and he goes to the corner of the room and pees in the corner of the room. And my friend is like, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He just whips it out. Like He whips it out and pisses in the corner of this guy's kitchen. And we're like the fuck are you doing? He's like, I'm peeing. And he's like, go to the fucking bathroom. He's like, I'm a Marine. You can't tell me what the fuck to do. I can do whatever the hell I want. He literally, before that finished, his friend that was running the campaign leaped out of his chair and decked the shit out of him. And I'm like, all right, this is going to end pretty quickly. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Hit him. They got into a little scuffle, rolled around. Of course, the funny part is, is the guy that was a Marine still had his wiener out when he decked him. And so they're rolling around the floor with this guy with half pants down, you know, his legs. And we break him up. And everybody's like, you need to get the fuck out of here. And so the Marine got out. Uh, we never saw or heard from him again. Um, helped clean up the pee. Um, and, you know, of course, we had to calm our friend down because, I mean... If, if I had someone come and pee on the floor of my kitchen, I would probably beat their living shit out of them, too. But, yeah, it, 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 I, we, we were just flabbergasted. I'm like, really? There's no rhyme or reason to that. There wasn't. But he thought that since he was a Marine, he could do that. Wow. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? Now, I can understand if we were, like, outside, and we're playing outside. It's like, hey, uh, I'm going to go pee in the grass and the bushes over there. It's outside. Okay, you're a Marine. Do what you got to do. Yeah, I'm not worried about that. That's outside. But pee on the corner of his kitchen? Was he drunk? No, we hadn't been drinking or anything. I Okay, well, I, I got nothing. 
I, we had nothing. We were like, who the fuck thinks that this is okay? Uh, Marine just had a basic. Guess so. I guess so. So that went very lovely. That was like one of the worst ones. And it really wasn't even about the campaign. It was... <laughs> you didn't really have a campaign. Yeah. We didn't get to really do much. Um, so. so. So my only other bad one that really uh, sticks out to me is... Uh, it was uh, the reason I actually started playing board games some, as funny as that sounds. Uh, we were at the old... Uh, back in the day, we had a game club at the Zaverna Park Mall. Which was an indoor mall, an empty storefront, and in the mall there was a hobby store that basically supported and said, hey, you know, mall, you've got this empty spot. People come in, they'll spend money at places in the, in the mall, and, you know, you can make some money off this empty spot. So, like, oh, cool, yeah, we'll do that, you know. They, they make some, all the vendors make money off of us coming in, and, and, you know, we'd buy food. We all eat there and spend as much money as we can there. Guys, you do. Uh, so we'd all come there and it'd just be a whole bunch of people playing all sorts of different games. It was really cool. Um, back before game stores really got their own stores and had play space. Mm-hmm. Play space in a game store was like, what? Yeah. So we're there playing, and I play in a Robotech campaign with the two Tobies. That's Toby and Toby. And we're playing, and like immediately into it, it's obvious to me that they know what they want to happen but they didn't tell me what they wanted to happen. Gotcha. Like, I'll play whatever you want. So I'm like, okay, I'll play an alpha pilot. That's cool. We always do Veritech pilot. And the first thing you're doing is like, the inventor doing like called shots of takeoff arms and stuff. Cause also, you know, whatever I'm like, <clears throat> you realize having played the Rotec game being one of my first role playing games. I know all the rules backwards and forth. I'm like, first off, they don't know anything. They don't take called shots like that. That's not what they fucking do. They're mooks. They're just supposed to fucking sit there and, and, and drive the plot forward with them being mooks. So we go back and forth a bit, and they keep doing He keeps doing some stuff, and obviously, they sold me the wrong bill of goods. They thought I thought it was going to be a standard campaign. Apparently, they wanted like a lower-level campaign, Cyclones and stuff, but they wouldn't tell me that because I had just fucking done something different. So obviously, he's hell-bent on killing my alpha and putting me on the ground, but... My dice are hot enough that I'm dodging shit and taking down guys. It's pissing them off. He keeps throwing more and more, and it's obvious this is not going to end. So I'm like, you know what? I'm done. You guys play that? I'm going to go play that board game over there. <laughs> Something else. It was... Uh, you know, actually, I'm going to do a, a twofer there real quick. There's another one where we played... We are playing Riffs, and uh, Scotty Scotty probably brought Riffs up in uh, the chat room. My buddy Jeff's house uh, with some guys I used to work with at Games Workshop. And he let the one guy be, you know, super cyborg. I got all the MDC and all the weapons and stuff. And he was doing stupid shit and basically trying to bully the party into doing what he wanted because he was super tough and powerful. And if anyone's been there, you know how terrible that is in a campaign. Yeah. Someone who's like, I'm more powerful. I'm going to bully you into what I want you to do. Uh, my character was a bit egregious himself, but it was a much more low-key egregious, if that means anything to anyone. Meaning, I was fine in skirmishes and all, but not meant for fighting super MDC stuff. And it just ended up being like, you know what, fuck it, this guy, you know, almost killed me because he just fired missiles indiscriminately. Like, literally, he happened to roll poorly, and my armor stopped it all to the exact number. 
You know, like I had like 40 MDC army armor. He did 40 MDC to me, and I'm like, well, I'm not playing with this indiscriminate fucker. So, but I'm still there. Like, oh no, John, hang on. Like, fine. No, I'm going. I'm scavenging this battlefield. I'm finding a rocket launcher. Like, what do you find a rocket launcher for? I'm like, I have physical prowess of like 29. I'm gonna rocket this motherfucker <laughs> from downtown, and this shit's going out. And I mean, I didn't come back the next session because that was fucking bullshit. You know, you can't. The GM has to step in when something like that's happened and someone's trying to bully them into doing what he wants and he's doing what he wants because he's so powerful and none of the other players can stop him. When at that point, you have to stop it. You have to step in and have things happen that force them to work together. Um, they actually invited me back when uh, that guy had no longer had time to play. and It was a much better campaign at that point. But I just, again, it's the best thing to do. Just step away. I'm like, you know what? We're done. Not playing anymore. I'm out. Have a good one. And that's, uh, even back then, because, I mean, all those games took place 30 or under, so, even back then, I guess I was being an adult, but that's that's what you gotta do in those games. If it's not a good experience, you gotta get out. And yeah, everybody, everyone in Rifts is overpowered, he was just overpowered and using it to bully his way. Um, on the good end, I'll just roll into this and get Gonzo one in a second. We played a Rift campaign that my buddy James ran where we had some more normalish characters, and I had made this one up that was using the, you know, uh, Heroes Limited superpower stuff because I never got to play a superhero game, and goddammit, I was going to play a superhero one way or the other. <laughs> so I did that. So I was a wilderness scout with superpowers, and I had, was, it was, I rolled randomly, like, let's roll randomly, see what I get so I don't just build the most obnoxious shit I could. He's like, that's cool. So I roll like, oh look, I get you know, you know, two major powers and a minor. I think it was because in their book it was egregious. I'm like, fine, I'm going to be invulnerable and sonic speed and something else. And so I am so much more powerful than the rest of the party. It's not even funny because they're all you know, squishy name MDC armor. So I'm in the position where Sanchez was, where I could impose my will upon everyone, but I did not. Instead, I sort of like was trying to do inventive and cool ways to use these powers to be um, to be amusing. It's like literally we're like you're trying to rescue someone from a town held by bandits. So literally I run around the outskirts of the town stopping and around taking shots to make it look like they're surrounded by a bunch of people just firing at them. You know, I'm trying to make it fun. So that was a fun time. He, he gave me, he didn't give me any experience for threat because there was no threat to me. I mean, I could easily laugh off what they're throwing at me or run away and come back whenever I needed to. But he gave me experience just for inventive ideas and helping the rest of the party. So that was really cool. It was a really cool take in an OP game, like Comic Scotty Putty said, to give someone experience, you know, and in, in when they're not really threatened. Yeah. It was able to keep it low key because I wasn't, I could be offensive, but it, we made it take a lot of uh, lead time because I could do it, you know, when you run at Mach 1, you can do a Mach 1, you know, flying body tackle on somebody, and that shit hurts. <laughs> so he decided, you know, that took a little little getting up and getting up to speed and all. So instead, I was more low-key offensively. I was just defensive as fuck. So we just had a good time with it, and I thought that was more of a better campaign. It sure shows the, the opposite side to that, where you can have fun even if someone wants to do some OP stuff, as long as they're willing to... Uh, do cool stuff with it and not just, you know, power their way through everything. 
what's a, a good story from you, Gonzo? Um, I did want to talk about one story, and it, it it wasn't one of the greatest one, but it was a campaign that I thought was super super cool and super interesting because the campaign and setting was very unique for at the time. Uh, if anybody knows or remembers, there was a campaign setting called Oathbound. Uh, Oathbound was a D and D campaign played with was all the D and D. That was standard D and D, right? Yeah, it was. It was like a standard D and D, but you could play a character from any realm. So you could have a knight from Dragonlance, uh, a wizard from Forgotten Realms, you know, someone from Dark Sun, you know, wherever. It was. It was kind of like a Planescape type thing. Um, so you could have, and you could make up your own if you wanted to. Um. Because the world was about, it was one of the ones, I ran it, um, but the world was about, there was these gods, and these gods wanted to leave this planet. And the only way they could leave this planet was, was by being killed, oh. or attacked. I thought we were doing Star Trek V. <laughs> but the only way they could do this is to be killed, or you know find a way to leave by killing another god. And the Oathbound campaign was very unique that you could bring a Red Wizard of Thay, a, uh, you know, a, a Dark Sun Halfling, you know, whatever you wanted. So you could choose from everywhere. Well, you mean, you mean the humanoid equivalent of a honey badger? Yes. <laughs> Jesus. Um, so you could take from any game system and play a character here. And they were like... Well, like their version of Rifts. It, it, yeah, pretty much. Um, it was very unique. It was very cool. Um, all the players liked it. We played it for about a year. It was interesting because, you know, they tried to form their own band. Uh, because after a while... Getting the band back together? The gods would look at you and go, Hey, you actually have some potential to slay me or whoever I need to die so I can leave this planet. So I'm going to outfit you with stuff. And so you would become champions of these gods. And that was the reason why you got pulled into this planet. All these gods were looking at these different uh, realms and going, this guy's really freaking powerful. I'm going to steal him to try to, you know, get release myself from this prison that I'm in. And so that's how, that was the, that was the story behind Oathbound. Um, but I thought it was just very cool, very unique. Uh, we had a lot of fun with it. Um, it didn't last very long, like since maybe a year. Uh, but I just thought that was some, that was one of the unique settings I played in and ran that people were just like, Oh, I want to play, you know, I want to play a, a knight from Dragonlance and I wanted to play, you know, Red Wizard of Thay and cause you could play the bad guys because in here you had to work together. Um, because there was no other, you know, weird wizards in different places to worry about. Because Just you were trying we're to get bad guy does not mean you're bad guy. Yeah. So I just thought that was a pretty interesting one. I, I thought that was a, a really neat setting. Uh, everybody kind of liked it. So just one of my cool, cool campaign settings. There was super stupid overpowered stuff in there because the gods would go, "Oh, you're doing really good. You're gonna find this magic item that will really help you out," and it'd be like something super powerful because the they would want you as a champion for them. To go take out what needed, so they would kind of outfit you, type thing. But that was just one of my cool little game scenarios. 
They were games that I liked and thought it was really, really neat. Cool. Um, well, uh, so to give my uh, cousin uh, John a little redemption, he ran sort of a long-running Shadowrun campaign. Um, it was very Shadowrun is that it was very episodic. Mm-hmm. But since some of the characters would carry over, you could because you could take in, pull in, and pull out people you want whenever you need to in a very Shadowrun way because it all sort of like that mask, you know, right man for the right mission, you know, yep. whoever's available. But he had a lot of, you know, running themes, things that happened affect the next thing. He did a little newsletter he'd post up wherever we were playing or whatever, you know, with sort of like, you know, what was going on, things that were coming, things that, you know, sort of aftermath, and, and maybe some, some red herrings, too. It was super cool. And he had, you know, recurring NPCs and sort of interesting plots. It was very fun. It was a, it was probably the best episodic game that also had some interlocking parts that I've ever played in. Because that's a really hard thing to do. You, you, we both know it is so hard to make a game both episodic but still have interlocking parts that are becoming too weighed down with the burden of explaining all this shit to somebody. Hmm. And it was just super cool. You know, we had lots of fun things. You know, we had, you know, had to deal with dragons, and you never deal with a dragon. No, not in Shadowrun. But we had to. We had a lot of, you know, you know, cool... Uh, cool fight scenes. He was very good with the uh, the layout of the land when he'd throw it down for us. We always got a very cinematic vibe from where we are, you know, fighting in a junkyard, um, fighting in a shopping mall, uh, fighting uh, through the uh, subway into the Renraku Arcology, running gun through that. Um, lots of cool stuff like that that I very much liked, and it was uh, one of my more in- enjoyable memories of a game. I played the super the 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 I don't know it was a super cyber mercenary. He was never really cybered, but I played a mercenary, and I just walked around with a shotgun or a machine gun and uh, did mercenary things. <laughs> I mean, that's the cool thing about Shadowrun. You need those guys too, but to make myself useful, I actually had a full scale you know first aid too, which is a skill no one had. As you if you <laughs> play Shadowrun, you know no one takes fucking biotech like biotech. She ain't got time for that shit. <laughs> Then afterwards, like, oh, God, I'm shot up. And I'm like, I got biotech. Oh, you're my best friend ever. Yep. Um, but no, super fun, super cool. I uh, miss those days. That was through mostly first and some second edition Shadowrun. Because, I mean, we played Shadowrun right out the gate. That was at that old game club. That was the one of the first role-playing games I played for any consistent period of time um, was Shadowrun. Because they let me in that group. And it was uh, it was cool. Uh, what else you got, Gonzo? Um, one of my most favorite game sessions I've ever played, and it lasted for about three years, um, before the guy had to leave, uh, we played a Ruins of Undermountain campaign. Uh, we grabbed a large piece of grid paper, and, and we were a group of adventuring characters that would map out Undermountain. Little that we know that even though you map out Undermountain, Undermountain changes whenever you get too far into it. And the guy that runs Undermountain will change up the campaign, change up the area. Um, but what made it really cool is it was our first time we had our main characters we had. But then after a while, we did, he, the, the storyteller was like, our GM, he was like, um, 
we need to make character trees just in case someone dies. We can character, we can get it going. And I'm like, okay, never heard of character trees. The best thing to come out of Dark Sun, the character yeah. tree. Uh, and he says, well, you make five characters. One's your primary, and then the other four are your alternate characters. And <coughs> they'll level up when you level up, but you have to keep all your alternates at the same level. Five you couldn't. Ju- okay. Yeah. And so I was like, that's cool. That way, in case someone wants to play something different, you can play something different. So we got to like third level, and then we're like, okay, you need to make your character tree. Um, And so we did that, and we started mapping the dungeon out really well. We were getting really far and doing some really cool stuff and finding some really cool things. And then we're like, we need to, and we were getting paid. These people were paying us to map Undermountain. We're like, we're getting paid. We've got some money saved up. Let's go rent. Let's go buy a warehouse. So we buy this warehouse where we can stash all of our stuff, live in it. You know, we took the warehouse and divided it up into rooms and, you know, turned it into a mansion. And so eventually we started coming up and we found this area where this group of large demons were at. And we're like, uh, we can't touch that. So what are we going to do? And one of our guys goes, why don't we hire someone? We've got enough money. So we're like, okay. So we put out an ad looking for an army to, you know, take down these demons, pretty much what it came down to. So we hired a whole bunch of dwarves. We hired this dwarven army um, to, to do and take out that section of Undermountain. They said, you know, we made a deal with them. You can keep whatever you find. You know, we just <coughs> need that section. Kill, huh? Yeah, you just got to clean it out. Well, we sent them in. They never came back. Um, so we sent people down there to go find out cause we had, you know, we had our own little scouting dungeoneering team that all they were supposed we to do was to risk ourselves. You guys go find out what happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they found out that they were dead. Uh, they got wiped out. So we were like, do we leave them down there or do we bring them up and bury them? We're like, well, let's be the good guys. We'll bring them up, give them burial rights, so on and so forth. So we had to bring back an army of like 200 dwarves. And we're like, where are we going to put these people? <coughs> One of the guy goes, let's buy our own graveyard. We're like, okay, we buy a graveyard. So we buy a section of this area to bury our dead now. <laughs> so we have our own graveyard, our own mansion slash, uh, how would we right. say it? It, it, it was it was more like a dormitory because we started hiring all of our characters lived there plus the people we hired to do stuff and we we, we, we dubbed ourselves the Lords of Undermountain. So like the Lords of Waterdeep, we dubbed ourselves the Lords of Undermountain, which then started getting us in more trouble. Um but we played this campaign for like three years. <coughs> And I will remember this one time, one of our characters got polymorphed or cursed into a rat form. It was one of our rogues. And he had his own room and stuff. And so we're like, all right. You know, we, we knew who he was. We knew it happened. And so we, we you know, were trying to talk to him. I was like, well, what do you want to do? And he's like, well, we got to get it fixed eventually, but we're not going to happen anytime soon. So just leave me here. We're like, okay. So we left him there. Didn't take him with us on adventuring. And we come back one day from mapping a section out, and there's this giant wagon leaving our warehouse. We're like, okay. 
So we found out that this rat that got one of our characters that got polymorphed in a rat had bought a shit ton of cheese and had packed his entire room with cheese to live in. So he built a tunnel of through his cheese in his room and was eating his way through his room. And we're like, it's his money. He can do what he wants. Unless it does something, pro- unless there's a problem. Um, but we started holding like interviews to, you know, hire companies. So we actually had like characters in our character tree. Like I had a, a paladin, uh, Palin, and Palin and this other cleric would go to this inn and run interviews for people to go down into Undermountain Forest and map sections of it. So we had this giant campaign and this giant history and a ton of different things to go through. And I mean, even the characters that in the character that we weren't playing, we're still doing something within the story somehow or another. Like we ran, like we had our own, you know, financial, you know, attorney. I mean, we, we went this crazy with this venture and it was a shit ton of fun. Um, eventually it died off because the guy that ran it moved away. But uh, it was one of the coolest times I've ever had playing and just doing stupid shit. So, I'm all for that. That was one of my best and favorite campaigns of all time. Yeah, but it's like I said in, other, in the other uh, podcast, is like the my general style is very let the players do what they want, and I've had a lot of success with that. Almost all of my Champions games have been a huge success because the players get to do what they want, and you just sort of throw villains at them yeah i mean we had a, a couple long-running ones uh a set where you know running jokes come from where you know the same players would play we played for years uh and you know <laughs> the common joke was oh the, god that villain's here did he sign in because they had their own base <laughs> with the security guards like just as long as he signed in i don't care you know stuff like that so a lot of good ones like that um actually i want to bring up a couple uh game systems or game settings where I find it is actually more difficult to play than I ever thought it would be. Because you know how we love to play in, you know, pre-constructed worlds and all that. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, this world's super cool. I want to play there. And then you play there and you're like, no, 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 I actually don't want to play there. It's not what I thought it would be. Yeah. Uh, my biggest example is actually Dragonlance. Oh. Dragonlance is a terrible world to play in. A great world for you to read books on terrible to play it because no matter what you do you didn't do anything important because the players did almost all of that the the, the characters the main characters of the books did almost all of that yep uh there are some things if you're very canny and you really really if you've got that super uber knowledge of Dragonlance, you could probably fit something in um one of the heroes books the second one called Stormblade, is actually sort of that idea where they come in and they do something that leads to something that the uh, that the uh, that the main characters, Tannis and all, do. So that's kind of cool. Um, you know, sort of between book one and two, it comes in there. But it's really hard to do for you, so I really suggest skipping that because it is super difficult to run a game there. Um, you got any uh, you want to throw examples of? Um... I will agree with you on Dragonlance. I love the world. It's one of my favorite worlds to read about. Some of the greatest characters I've ever had. Um, 
Some of my favorite characters of all time come from Dragonlance. I love the original three books and some of the books after. Very, very world, but a shitty game to play in. Yeah, shitty game to play in. It, you, you, you just can't because it just doesn't <clears throat> work. It just doesn't work at all. Um, but a, an incredible game. I will agree with you on that one 100%. Um, other games I thought... Um, not really many games that, you know, I... That was about the only one, I think, that was like that. That was just way too hard. One of the ones play. I can think of that's very divisive, and you can make good campaigns there, but it is extra hard, is Star Wars. S- Star Wars is kind of hard. You have to be really careful where you put the people, what you want them to do. There's a lot of area there for them to do important things, but it's almost all Rebellion era. Everyone likes to do post-Rebellion era. At that point, it's really hard to... You have to have a really good plot line to make it work. Otherwise, I mean, what the hell? You I mean, it's the, the the Empire's on the down on the downswing anyway, so it's going to be really hard. Um, I was hoping that there'd be more world-building to the sequel trilogy, so that would make a good role-playing time, but I don't think it does. I think they don't give us information, which is fine. I mean, we've had how many years of canon and legends now lore of what happened during, you know, between episode four and let's say episode seven we had so much time. Of what happened there? We need some time for that, that lore to build up, but it's just really hard to do that. Uh, and Kovnik Scotty potty says the first 40 K role-playing game was hard to run yet. Yeah, so 40 K is hard too, because Grimdark is hard because no one wants to play in Grimdark. You really have to come in with that sort of quasi-paranoia attitude that this could potentially just be a one-off. Shit is going to be terrible and unfair, and you just got to fucking suck it up. Um, That's why I never tried to run 40K. I don't think I would. It's not. Space opera is so much easier than Grimdark Future. Yeah. Good space opera. I mean, Serenity is one I would love to role-play in, um, but I want my space opera a little more... Sci-fi, not so much sci really. Yeah, because and I don't mind that it's great for the series. You could still make a good game there, but when you play space opera, you kind of want that uh, that feel, you know. And and there's not a lot of games that have that feel. I mean, there's not a ton of cool space opera games out there. Most of them are Traveler, which can be good, but you can also die in character creation. No, oh, yeah. A joke I love to make all the time. I know mm-hmm. they've gotten rid of that. Don't, don't, don't message me. Yeah. Don't at me. I know. Um, one of the ones I got, and then we actually came on Twitter not that long ago, is Star Frontiers. Did you, did you ever play Star Frontiers, guys? Uh, I never got to play it, but I do know of it. I still own it. It's the first role-playing game I bought with my own money, and I still <laughs> own it. Is it great? No. No. But it, it, was, it was a hoot. Me and my buddy, uh, Thomas Scott, we both chose that over Gamma Rodders, the, the giant mechanical dinosaurs people riding them mm-hmm. i don't know if we made the right choice but i think in hindsight we made the right choice because <laughs> no one talks about that game people still talk about star frontier um but other than that um actually um tom bell wanted us to talk about icarpg um the only icarpg i got to really play in was at john con last year and it can be interesting but that's another it is sort of the fantasy version of grimdark yeah it can be horrifying and terrible it's not standard adventure. The they have some rules in the world. I do own 
both the RPG and the old D&D supplement for it. Mm-hmm. Not the original one, not the uh, Witchfire Trilogy one. Which is so amazing I remember when that came read. out. Um, but the old, like, book when they came out with, like, here's our supplement book so you can run full campaigns in it. Yeah. Uh, and their predilection, in at least in the D&D version, for no healing and, clair- and you know, stuff is a problem for the way D&D's written back then. Yeah. I, think uh, I ran... I think 4E um, campaign supplement because you don't need healing, second lens and all that, sort of take care of it on a mechanical level. But healing so intrinsical to D&D on a mechanical level, you can't just pull it out. Uh, I ran an IK RPG, and the guy says... The, the guys were like, hey, I just want to do a one-off... Uh, I, we, I, we just want to run a few games of this. We don't want to run... You know, a whole long campaign. Mm-hmm. And so I says, okay, I'm going to run a story and I'm going to pre-plot it out and give you this is what, it, you know, what, what the backstory is and so on and so forth. And I was like, your characters? Give me your characters. And so the backstory was that each one of them were actually uh, Crixian spies that, have been mi- that are actually mind-controlled. And when a certain person says a certain phrase, they go and do a they go do a sabotage on where they're at, um, just to get you know things rolling and kind of have a fun. But the one dwarf that was in the party was uh, not part of that, and he knew that these characters were actually Crixian spies. So he, was he just waiting for them to trigger and then bullet in the back of the skull? Pretty much. <laughs> I approve because that's what I would have done. Um, but he uh, he didn't know how and when, so the people that hired him to watch over the party and these people were the ones that you know we we know that they're spies. We just don't know what's going on or how it's going to happen. See what they're planning on? Yes, and so it ran, it ran okay. It was it was pretty decent. We had a good time. But I, I agree with you. There's sometimes it's kind of pigeonholed, and it kind of sucks that way. Mm-hmm. So you to be careful. You can read a game system, and you can think it's going to be really cool to play, but you really want to step back and take a look at meta and see if the characters are going to be fulfilled playing it. Um, a one-off game is the greatest time. Like you say, like we've only got so much time to play. Let's plan this short thing. Yeah, um, that's what it is. Um, I don't generally do that because it's not really my style. But we will see coming up here. Um, I did do a couple of short campaigns, which I thought were really fun. I know we're going to a media section, but I want to talk about these last three ones. Uh, one of them was we played zero-level characters, and it was learn. You don't have a class. You just learn what you want. Mm-hmm. And this guy wanted to be a pugilist. I'll always remember this. And so he went to the Fighters Guild, and he says, you know, I, I'm just going to punch you to death. You know, kind of monk. And we're like, okay. Well, the guy told him to go get a weapon. And he was like, I don't know what it was. So he got bucklers. And so his weapons were bucklers. He would punch people with bucklers. And so he became proficient in buckler punching and stuff. So it was kind of, it was, it was a fun thing to do just to make these characters that had off wall type weird things, but it was neat to do for a one-time thing. It actually brings up something interesting. I like building characters from lower levels a lot better than I like making characters higher because they look so much more, there's a story to how they're built then. Correct. Like, why do you know this? Like, let me tell you the story <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> of why you know, <coughs> I know this. Mm-hmm. 
And you can put that in. That This is little bits of character. Uh, we go over that in another podcast. We talk about how to build a character with character. Yeah. Um, the other one I played, uh, this guy wanted to run a campaign, but he wanted to have it where all the different races didn't know each other's languages. Um, so it was, it was neat. We only, it was only one off. He just wanted to do it one off to test some stuff out and see how things, and it was still worked out. Um, it was only a party of three of us and two of us were elves and one of us was a human. Um, and so we couldn't speak common. So we had to learn common and he couldn't speak elvish. So we taught him elvish. And so it was a good role playing thing, you know, everything going on. Uh, and the guy that played the human played it really well because whenever I was talking to my Elven buddy, he was like, "What the fuck are y'all talking about?" You know, type thing. We were like, "Why is he yelling at us?" You know, type of thing. So it was a good role play. Um, but uh, my second greatest campaign was the was Earthdawn. Um, we had a guy that ran an Earthdawn campaign, and the story was insane. The characters were outrageous. It was one of the greatest fun campaigns I've ever played. Um, our characters developed. The characters leveled up. We were part of a grand theme. We were a grand story. The guy ran it really well. I mean, it was... And we ran it. It was like probably like three years that we played this. And our characters weren't like uber powerful. But in Earth Dawn, when you level up, people know about you. You, you know, in, in D&D, you can't say, I'm a fifth level fighter, I can kick your ass. In Earthdawn, you can say that, because it's, leveling up is part of the way you live your life, and people, people understand what it means when you say you're a circle. I, you know, I'm a tenth okay. circle, <laughs> nethermancer. And they understand it, and they go, well, shit, I'm not going to fuck with him. And, you know, there was this grand plot, and he had, he ran a lot of stuff that was in the books, uh, ran a lot of the modules, which were really good, but we still had our normal story on top of it. Um, I had a character, uh, Felicia Freewind. And she was an archer. And I still have her character sheet to this day um, because she had joined all these, the light bearers and all this really cool stuff that was going on. And it was, we felt like we were important to the world in this game. And everything was done super, super well. Um, we actually had a point where we actually started playing two characters at once, uh, at one point, cause we wanted to do something in the story and we we're like, okay, we can make these characters and I'm like, okay. And you know, we had extra characters, uh, but I mean, it was the world so fleshed out. It leads really well to brand new characters, but it was one of the coolest adventure games that I had ever played where our characters meant something to the world, and we did something to affect the world. Um, and it's really, I always, and Arthon is always one of my favorite RPG settings and uh, game mechanic settings because of the way it's done. Uh, I always recommend it. Even the new edition. The new edition is even better. So, other than that. Uh, John, you got any more before we switch yep. over to media? We should hit media because we got a lot to talk about. We do have a lot to talk about. All right, switch over to media. Media section. The sound effects make it. Yes, 100% it does. Um, I have, what did I say, 17 things to do? No. Uh, I have one, two, three, four, five. 
Uh, I I can talk about four things. One's going to be super quick, and one is me just talking about uh, some uh, graphic novels I read. So Uh, so take too long. A couple are going to be mine pretty quick uh, also. But I'm going to get with um, one of the ones that I really couldn't even get past the first episode of. Oh, okay, hit it. Um, So Netflix has a new series out called Daybreak. Daybreak is about uh, high schoolers trying to survive the apocalypse. Um, Pretty much all adults are now zombies. And only high schoolers are around. Now, this series breaks the fourth wall all the time. The kid talks to the camera all the time. Um, They do a lot of flashbacks to high school. Matthew Broderick is in it, which I think is kind of funny. Um, to see him in this. Um, but it is so childish, boring, and so horrible. I couldn't get through episode one. It was just bad. Are, are we these now? Um, keeping my hands busy. Sorry, you know me. Can't sit still for any length of time. It's fine. Um, and so I was sitting there trying to watch it and I'm like, okay, they're going to break fourth wall. That's kind of cool. I ain't got a problem with that. Um, if that's what they're going to do. But I mean, everything was like, oh, the jocks are way over the top jocks and super richer. Characters, not characters. Yes. Everything was a character and bad, like really, 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 really bad. Um, the acting was horrible. Everything was just, I, I just, just couldn't get through it. I was like, this is horrible. I mean, at one point, there's a bunch of people that are dressed up like, you know, Mad Max. And they're doing, shut up, we're watching uh, American, like it was supposed to be American Gladiators plus a combination of uh, American Idol. Oh, so like Idol Gladiator. And the guy was singing, and if the guy on top didn't like it, he gave a thumbs down, and he dropped it into a pit of zombies, and if he got out of that pit, he won, but then the main guy shot him with a bazooka and killed him anyway, and I'm just like, what? And it was just, it's just like, the the writing was horrible. Everything about it, I I was like, hmm. I gotta give this, you know, we're, we're, we're pushing like four space herpes with this. Um, do you need a bottle of Kraken type thing? This is just not good. I couldn't get past it. And I thought it would be, be kind of cool. I was like, okay, a high school zombie thing. And the whole thing was about this one kid. The only reason why he's doing everything is so he can find a girl they had a crush on in high school. Like, let's take two things I actually don't like. High school stuff. And zombies and put them together. There's zero chance we watching this. Yeah, it was. I don't recommend it at all. It was bad, horrible beyond belief. <laughs> there was zero chance before yet. Yeah, so but now it, there's no chance. Um, so I took it off and didn't even watch it. So like four, okay. Um, well, I know everyone wants to hear about Terminator Dark Fate, but I'm gonna start with my other thing I watched, which is a sci-fi sort of classic. I think we can safely call it a classic. Um, and I'm going to have some unpopular opinions about, and that is Stargate. Okay. The actual movie, Stargate. The movie, not the series. Not the series. So, this is not a great movie. Not by any stretch is this a great movie. Um, 
the list of its faults start with it is. We'll start with the one I want to talk about the most is that it is way too quick. Everything happens too quickly. And this would have been an amazing, like, six to eight episode miniseries on Netflix nowadays. It would have been great. You can you can have everything take its time. It could be a lot better. You, it would be way better like that. Um, second problem, it is very tonally problematic. It goes from dark to almost stupid humor, back to dark-ish. It, it does not know what it wants to be. Well, that's not true. It knows what it wants to be. It wants to be the new Star Wars. It desperately wants to be the new Star Wars. And it doesn't hit that mark. The dialogue is occasionally terrible. The characters are... I mean, they're almost characters. And the military guys are either no personality or Kurt Russell has one character trait or two character traits. And that at a certain point, they just get rid of them. And it's not good. The whole, you know, my gun, my kid died because he got his hands on a handgun and killed himself had almost no part to play in the movie and did not need to be there. It could have been some unnamed tragedy. Like obviously his son passed. No one knows why his son passed. It's okay. You don't need to explain it. It'd be more interesting to be mysterious to the point where when they made the SG one series, I'm pretty sure they threw that shit out and he was Richard D. Anderson did not act anything like Kurt Russell in this movie, (laughs) which is good. Um, the action is not great. There are some scenes that are cool, but overall it is not good. It is not an action movie first. It is trying hard to be that sort of Star Wars adventure movie, and to a point it succeeds. What it does really well, though, the one thing it does better than most is world building. Mm-hmm. It builds a world, doesn't explain everything, just has some things there, and it gets you interested in the world. And that's its saving grace. And that is why I got a TV series. I'll agree with you. Because the, the movie was just a meh. It was okay. It wasn't bad. It wasn't horrible. It was okay. The TV series was amazeballs. I actually don't like the TV series much either. But I love the TV series. The TV I, series is what it is for the time. It, it's yes. very episodic sci-fi in the dark age of sci-fi. Yeah, for its time. For its time, fine, but it, in my opinion, it does not hold a candle to most of the other great sci-fi series. I would never lump it in there with the great sci-fi series. Everyone does. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, it's Stargate and Farscape and this and the Star Trek, and no, I don't think Stargate belongs there. It's fine. It's good. It's like Space 1999. Yeah, it's got some good stuff. It's got some bad stuff. It, it can be in that, that, it's in that second tier to me. Um, the only thing it does better than many other series, unfortunately, is world building. And that's the reason it got where it is. Yeah. Um, you, could have, you could have done anything. James Spader as the head, as, as uh, Dr. Jackson, is fucking terrible. <laughs> not for the whole thing. But, like, he's so incompetent at points, you're not sure how he survived to adulthood. Um, there's, he's supposed to be this, you know, eccentric genius, which he pulls off well when he does that. But they don't give enough time to that portion of it. Like I said, it needed to be a miniseries. They condensed like six to eight one-hour episodes into a two-hour movie. And that's a problem. Yeah, I guess I, I think... Because I actually tried to spawn a massive multiplayer off of it at one point. 
which never got anywhere. And they, at one point, they were trying to look at it as an RPG. And I'm like, well, you could do anything with that. It would be an okay RPG. Yeah. It'd be okay. You're not talking about game mechanics, but as a world big... Because you could go anywhere and do anything. So, I mean... not have the problem that we said, like, Dragonlance had. It would be fine as an RPG. Yeah. Um, But the end end all be all of it is, it's... The quality of actors in it, for the most part, brings it up. The world building and some of the cool sci-fi ideas bring it up. Um... If it wasn't for that, it would be a three-space herpy, but it actually climbs into two-space herpes. There's plenty of worse sci-fi. There's plenty of better sci-fi, mm-hmm. but it's more good than bad. It is not offensive in any way, really, uh, unless you get offensed by stupid, cheap humor. It's fine. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's worth a watch. It is technically classic. I will give it that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not worth the purchase. It's on Amazon Prime for free. I actually own it on DVD because it came with them a DVD player. So those ones where I got to turn it over halfway through. It's a pain in my ass, but um, I like to revisit it once in a while. Um, it really not as good as people say. I'm glad people like the TV series. I watched it when it was on Showtime for a bit and was like, it was okay. But when it moved off Showtime, I didn't bother fucking following it. So there you go. It's not great, but it's okay. Yeah, it's, it was. Just, it kept us going during, a, like I'd like to say, a dark age of sci-fi when there was not a lot coming out. No, there wasn't. You know, D- DS9, I think, at that time was sort of on the downhill, getting done, and Voyager was not, not, no, no, no. Um, my next one is I watched another, uh, tried to watch a movie on Netflix called My King. Uh, it's... You tried. Yeah. It's, oh, two, I think it's two hours and 40 minutes. Fucking A. Um, I think is what it was. And I tried to get into the story, and it's about uh, a king that's dying. And, he, and, and I guess it's based on real-life events. But the pacing was so fucking slow. And it was just like, are we going to sit here and watch... Two guys talk about how they don't want to be king and one wants to be king, but the other one doesn't want to because he wants peace for 25 minutes of slow dialogue. And I was like, oh my God, I got into about an hour of it. And I was like, this is just going on and on and on and droning and nothing's happening. And everybody's just sitting in dark rooms talking and they're not moving the plot any. And the characters are very boring. And nobody... I'm like, no, I'm done. <laughs> I says, nope, he's done. Uh, I was like, that's it. I can't do it. it, it it's, it's, it's over. It was just... I was starting to fall asleep. Yeah. I'm like, if you start falling asleep during a movie, no matter if it's the best movie ever, you should stop and maybe revisit it later. And I, I'm not going to give a rating on it because I can't really give it because I, you know, I didn't watch the whole thing. But I was just like, man, this is way too slow. Because um, I, I like, you know, medieval history and you know things based on that and you know so on and so forth. But it was just really, really bad. Uh, I'll give it another chance later on. But there was no way I could have finished that series or finished that show with a two hours and forty minute time frame. Now it sounds no, no. about two hours too long. Yeah. 
So I was just like, nope, can't do it. So um, if you like medieval history stuff, I don't know if it's going to be accurate or if it's really good. Uh, but I just I passed on my your life to to waste. Feel yeah. free. Um, though I would suggest you actually see something that's not a waste of your time, like Terminator Dark Fate. What? So first thing to say, it is not as good as Terminator or Judgment Day. That is because both of those are zero space ripping movies, and those are like. That shit doesn't happen a lot in your lifetime. We got lucky that we saw two of them already in our lifetime being Terminator to Terminator 2, Alien to Aliens. That shit does not happen a lot. Where you take a movie and you change the genre and the sequel is as good, potentially better, depending on who you ask, than the original. That shit just does not happen. This is literally ignores Terminator 3 Rise of the Machine, Terminator Salvation... Terminator Genesis ignores all three of those completely. Not a little bit. Entirely ignores them. That shit didn't happen. Unfortunately, probably Terminator the Saracana Chronicles didn't happen either. <laughs> Which I'm told is pretty good. I watched some episodes of it, but it never didn't grab me quick enough. I wanted to like it. It had some good thoughts, but it never grabbed me quick enough. Um, so... The whole thing follows a new Terminator sent back and a new Protector sent back. You immediately see, this is not a spoiler, the Protector is also more than she seems. Um, she's, you know, powerful and quick and very interesting. Now, this is going to be kind of a short and very obscure review because to really review this, I would actually have to spoil it. I don't want to spoil it for anyone. There's some good things in there. Uh, the trailers spoil some things, but don't don't spoil the big things, luckily. Um, the big things is obviously, you know, Arnie's back in it. Mm -hmm. It's cool. Arnie is... Arnie has matured, and this sounds funny, but matured into an actual very good actor. I like what he did. Um, he reprised his role very well, um, but gives it some, you know, some more depth, like, you know, like he is an old Terminator. Because he is an old Terminator. Um, the, I forget the name, but the, all the leads are great. Arnie, um, the protector, the woman that she's protecting, the Terminator. They actually got a Terminator who actually has some personality. He has tons of lines. He says more lines in this movie than Arnie and, uh, um, yeah, what's his name? Robert Patrick do in their Terminator roles in uh, Terminator and, and Judgment Day, respectively. And he's he's very personal. It's very cool. Um, he's got a very interesting. He's a very interesting Terminator. I don't know if you've seen the, the previews of what he does, but he does some interesting things. Um, it's it's an interesting story. I like where it goes. It is a worthy sequel to uh, Terminator Two. Not as good, but again, you can't catch lightning in a bottle twice like that. Yeah. James Cameron is not directing it. He's producing it, but Tim Miller from, I believe, Deadpool fame, is uh, is directing it. And he does a good job. It's R. It's not like a hard R, but it's it's a solid R. Um, you know, there's a lot of F-bombs because, I mean, that's what happens, really. Um, but a lot of F-bombs, some blood and all when people are uh, getting killed and all. 
but very good, solid action, a very cool story. Um, yeah, he definitely did do Deadpool. Um, and I very much liked it. I think you should all go see it. Um, I would like to see... So they make the potential for a sequel, but you don't have to have one. It's one of... It's, it's sort of like Terminator. Terminator Terminator 2 is a direct sequel that works perfectly. But you could end at Terminator, and you'd be fine. It's a self-contained story. And then you watch the end of 2. End of 2 is a self-contained story. This adds on the end and could end there, and it's still a self-contained story. It's not doing a hard, we're going to have a sequel, but it's going to like, well, there's room for a sequel. I really like what they did. I very much enjoyed it. I'm going to give it... Uh, one space herpy. It's not quite there. It's a little off here or there. None of it damning. Very enjoyable. Um, I'm not saying I would go see it again at full price, but if some of my friends were like, oh, hey, we're going, we're going to see a matinee, I'd consider it. I will probably buy it uh, when it's available on video. But yeah, I've seen it. Uh, I mean, it was good seeing the Hammonds back. It's enjoyable. I want, everyone to, I want everyone who can to go see it. Let them know we want smart sequels rather than reboots. So, there you go. Gonzo? Um, next one, uh, we've tried to watch another series on Netflix called Raising Dion. There's a lot of tried. Yeah. Raising Dion is about a kid that uh, gets superpowers. Okay. And he's like six or seven years old, or maybe eight, maybe eight to ten, I would say. I can't remember what grade he said he was in. And he comes into... until puberty. Yeah. And he gets these powers. Um, and... Okay. Story is, the kid is... His father died in some freak accident. We don't really know. Um, and it's part of the story, so I didn't get to that full part yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, mother is a, sing- a mother, single mother... Uh, Move to a new school district. The kid goes to the school. Nobody likes the kid because everybody's jocks, and he's a nerd. Um, and but he's got a god uh, parent, and he comes to visit him every so often. Takes him out to do things, uh, and, and stuff. And so the kid finds out he's got powers. Where he accidentally does something and makes you know the milk not spill, until he's surprised and the milk falls on the ground and it spilled. Okay, I get this. I, I see where we're going. The writing is so very immature. And yeah. so bad. And the acting is horrible. Yeah. The special effects aren't that great. Like, this kid rides down the skate ramp. And leaps off this other ramp. And goes flying through the air. And... It's you can tell they got the big wire moving him across the area because his shirt is too tight for his body, and you know it's just it. You can it's it's like special effects back in like early nineties, late eighties type thing. Um, bad green screen. It's just very, very, very low. Um, characters are not interesting at all. The single mother is your basic trope. Uh, the godfather is your basic trope. The kids even your basic trope. I know how to do magic. Abracadabra. Oh, it's not working. Let me try again. Abracadabra. I'm going to make it stop now. Abracadabra. 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 And it was just, I mean, the 
The acting was poor. The writing is poor. It's just really bad. And I was like, okay, I could have got with this. You know, a kid superhero, you know, type thing. Um, and cause I, and, and I had a feeling it was going to be bad when the first part of the story, there's, it's like a monologue and it's the mother talking about her son and how she didn't know it was going to be this hard raising a kid that's going to save the world someday. And I'm just like, no. Voiceovers are tough. Yeah. And I was just like, uh, no, no, no. And so I didn't get through even the first episode all the way because the episodes were, an hour to an hour and 15 minutes each. Mm. And so I just like, I'll turn it off. Maybe I'll come back later. Maybe I won't. But right I now, I'm not. I'm come back and give the rest of the first episode a chance if you yeah. get the time. But that's not going to happen anytime soon. No, no, definitely not. So I went and downloaded a couple of movies off of HBO. And I was very happy to do that. Well, let me talk about one thing real quick. Um... And that is, you heard that we're getting the sequel to uh, Into the Spider-Verse in April 2020. So a little bit of time to wait, but I am looking forward to that already because that's a great movie. Uh, 100%. Yeah, it's like, what, 2021? 2022. I wish it wasn't so far away. Two and a half years, basically. I wish it wasn't because that was so good. Yeah, but I love Miles. It's animated. They can't just... Yeah, the, that's the funny thing people don't realize. You can make a feature film that's live action quicker than you can make an animated feature. Yeah, it takes a lot more work. Because you could just push people through it and you're just throwing money at a problem at that point. But yeah. I would like them to take give some time to take their time and do it right, and I like that. So yeah. looking forward to that. So, um, uh, which one movie you want to talk about? The only thing I have left is potentially talk about is some graphic novels if you want to go a little later. Um, yeah, I do want to go because there's two movies and, uh, one of them you were interested in and the second one, I kind of want to go in a little bit more depth. Um, I, Mortal Engines was on, is on free for, on HBO. Uh, it's one of the new movies on HBO. I think it came out last month, but I hadn't had a chance to watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, as everybody knows, Mortal Engines is based off a book series where the world is destroyed, but, uh, cities are now on moving platforms. And that's, you know, how people get around. And larger cities prey on smaller cities. And, you know, that's just how life is in this new world. Um, so I watched it. It wasn't bad. Um, I know originally when it came out, like, and, and, and really we shouldn't even be looking at this anymore because we found, you know, we found out that a lot of rating systems and like Rotten Tomato is, oh, you yeah. know, they're, they're, they're getting bombarded by people just bombing it just to bomb it. You're better off going to Metacritic. The yeah. ratings always look lower because it's an aggregate score. It's not going to, it's going to discount highs and lows yeah. and only give you closer to an average from yeah. based on that, but it'll give you a better idea. But honestly, more, you need to find people you, you know and trust their opinion yeah. of and this is what they say, or just fucking go see it. Yeah. Take a chance. I mean, it wasn't a super long movie. Uh, special effects were just fine. Graphics were good. Characters were okay. Um, there was a lot of characters in this movie. And a lot of characters just thrown at the screen a lot. I was worried it seemed might be a little YA, but I wasn't 100% sure it was. Yeah, it was It was a lot of characters thrown at the screen at one time. Like, you know you're supposed to find this person really cool as part of the story, but they don't do much in the story. 
Gotcha. Uh, like, oh, this guy's got some really cool things and can fight really well, and he's gone. Yeah, he doesn't do anything. He doesn't do anything. It would be so, sort of like if they'd actually put um, Glorfindel in fucking uh, Lord of the Rings. Like, he's really cool, and then he's gone. What happened? Yeah. It was cool. Gone. Yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't bad. It wasn't a bad movie. I mean, I'm not going to go and watch it again, but if you have a spare couple of hours and you want to see a decent movie um, that's better than a poke in the eye, uh, Mortal Engines is okay. There you go. On the back of the DVD cover, Mortal Engines. Better than a poke in the eye. Guns up more than dice. Um, it, it, it hits my meh meter type thing. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. Fair enough. But I mean, it, it, it was okay. It was okay. I mean, I, I can recommend it to watch if you just got a little bit of time. You want to chill and relax. Um, but, I mean, it, it has some good story plot to it and has some good life lessons type yeah. of things in it. Because there's a lot of, like, oh, they find a toaster, but they call it, like, the bread overextending heating automatic jumping machine. You know, they have this weird name for stuff, and there was kind of that. Wow. Yeah. I might, uh, I got, uh, Amazon lets you get the, uh, premium channels for a week for free yeah. to see if you want to actually pay the money for their streaming service. I might get the, the HBO for the free week and see if I can find some other movies to watch. I mean, it was okay. It wasn't bad. Tough though, because there's a bunch of good movies coming out. Me and my cousin want to go see Midway and what was the other one I wanted to see? Shit, there's another movie coming out I want to see. Damn it, Gonzo, help me here. I have no clue, because I watched another movie oh, that I really enjoyed. Oh, Ford versus Ferrari. Oh. He's a, he's a racing guy, so I'm not with his alley, and I'm kind of interested. I mean, it looked it's it looks like it'll be interesting, so that we might see those together. We'll see. Um, My last one, and I got to watch it, and I finally got to watch it, and I'm going to go through this one even though we're running a little light, uh, was Glass. Mm-hmm. Um, Glass is an M. Night Shyamalan movie, which I'm always leery about because they're hit or miss. They're, they're a hit or miss thing. But it is a trilogy now in its most basic form, which we didn't know we were going to get. First you one was Unbreakable. Guys. Yeah. First one is Unbreakable and then Split and then Glass. Now, I liked Unbreakable. It was a very unique, very interesting take. I thought it was really cool. Uh, Split, um, James McAvoy does an amazing acting job, but the story just kind of lays flat. Um. He did an incredible job acting out multiple personalities and doing stuff like that, but it was the story just wasn't great. Um, it didn't get really good until about the very end. Uh, Glass is the story of all three characters brought together at one. Uh, I'm going to spoil it because it is on HBO, so that's the optimal time we can spoil stuff, no problem. I've already seen spoilers, yeah. which is why I rolled my eyes. Yeah, um, I liked it. Um, I like the characters. Uh, I like the actors. James McAvoy is always good. He's good at this role. James uh, McAvoy, Bruce Willis, and Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. What, what, I mean, <laughs> I like the actors. Yeah. Um, Bruce Willis is good. I liked his character. Samuel Jackson liked the character. Uh, I didn't care for the doctor that much in this. She was just kind of one-noted and stuff, and I just didn't care for her that much. It kind of was a little slow-paced about the middle because um, you know what's going to happen, and you know what's going to happen because it's kind of spoiled in the trailers. 
you're just waiting. When is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? Um, I like the world. The world that he built around these characters, around this uh, thing, is really good. Um, I like the characters. Like I said, didn't care for the Doctor. Uh, the story was good. Uh, acting was good. Uh, the ending, I thought, was really good. Um, it did have a good twist to it. For people that don't know, uh, if you don't want to hear about it, jump off. But if you that do... That is technically a twist. It, there is technically a twist that um, there is a group of humans that are trying to stop superhumans from being out in the world. And trying to hide that. And they make a, make a uh, story that um, we don't need gods in our world. Which, which is kind of weird because, you know... Bruce Willis's character, yes, he does have some superpowers, but they're not like over-the-top superpowers. It's not like he can, you know, fly or you know, you know, teleport or telekinesis and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, fair. Yeah, I mean, they're superpowers. Powers. Yeah, and James McAvoy's character, his superpower, you know, okay, he can climb walls, and he's really super strong when he gets in the beast mode. So, I mean, it was really, it was interesting. Um, so the characters aren't like super uber powers. They're, I mean, he does dump a car over by himself, which, you know, no mortal human can technically, you know, really do unless they're... Can technically do if they're really, really topped up on adrenaline. Correct. But it's not, I mean, it, it's definitely superhuman. Correct. Um, and so these group of people are trying to make sure that Nobody knows that superheroes really exist. And either they, A, they convince them that they're delusional, or B, they kill them. Or not kill them, but ruin, give them a lobotomy. Yeah, and give them a lobotomy. Um, I'm not going to spoil the full ending, but it was, I liked it. I mean, I think M. Night Shyamalan, his early stuff was really good. Like I said, I really liked Unbreakable. I thought it was very unique, very interesting. But... Some of his other stuff was horrible. Unbreakable is the reason I don't like this movie. Because it shits on the end of Unbreakable, which is a very hopeful and upbeat ending. Correct. And then uh, this this movie, spoiler, this movie ends on a downer and... A big downer, too. A big downer, and I hate it when movies shit on the other movie. And it's okay, it, I give this one a little bit of a pass because it does take the whole movie to get there. But I just don't like that. You, you had a perfect self-contained story. I'm going to make it part of a trilogy. Okay, Lucas, good work. Or the Wachowskis with Matrix. Sure, mm -hmm. good job. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it, you, can, you can watch Unbreakable and not even, you know, you could be satisfied with that. You can watch Split and be satisfied with that. But the Split ending kind of led to Glass. Um, but when, you know, you put them off, if you knew all three of them were going to be a trilogy to start, if you knew it was going to be a trilogy to start with, it probably would have been a little bit easier on you. Yeah, uh, but we didn't know that, and I don't even know if he knew that or if he was going to get. And he might have not done that just for the fact that he didn't know he was going to be able to make Split and Glass. Unbreakable was one of his early movies, so you yeah. never know. But but I mean, yeah. I, I know what the spoiler is. I'm not going to spoil it either. Yeah, it's out there if you want to find it to see if you. It doesn't seem like this world seems needlessly gritty and and downer, and I don't need that shit in my life. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was really good. I really enjoyed it. I give it maybe like two space herpes. Um, I, I think essentially what I've heard that sounds fair for the overall reviews I've heard. Yeah, uh, I enjoy it. I, I I liked M Night Shyamalan. This is back 
to a better storytelling than he's done and stuff. Um, I like the characters. Like I said, James McAvoy doing the split personalities, the multiple personalities. He does a really good job of that. And mm-hmm. it's really believable because he's got the body language down and the voices. Um, and Samuel Jackson's really cool as Mr. Glass. And Bruce Willis's character is really good. Everything was everything fit. It was interesting, but the doctor and the middle part of the show just kind of went a little slow. And I was like, uh, we could have cut out some of this stuff and got really to the juicy stuff, which everybody wanted to see to begin with. So, for the most part, I'd say watch it if you liked if you liked Unbreakable or if you liked Split, um, or if you want to see the ending of the trilogy, go. Watch it. I enjoyed it. So, cool. so the last thing I want to hit real quick for go is I uh, several months ago I got Kindle Unlimited to sort of read some stuff that was for free on there. Figured I'd take the one month trial, and uh, I sort of forgot to to end the one month trial. <laughs> so I've been, but I found a bunch of stuff to read. I read a bunch of GI Joe graphic novels on there, the classics that it's available. Um, I actually just started, I read some Captain Marvel stuff. There's a ton of stuff on there if you ever want to. Oh, yeah. To read there. There's a ton of stuff. I actually do suggest it for $10 a month. If you read one or two graphic novels or books a month and they're on there, you're going to get your money's worth. Um, But I've actually been reading uh, Transformers Robots in Disguise, which is one of the uh, uh, IDW series for Transformers. And it's really weird to read because it's sort of, there's so much before it, but it sets it up well enough. You sort of get an idea of the world and all. It has a very interesting, though somewhat convoluted at the end plot. Um, I sort of just finished an arc uh, with the last one I finished. But it is enjoyable overall. Cool to sort of see where they're going with that. Um, overall, I guess it's more of a review of Kindle Unlimited. It's, it's definitely <laughs> worth the money if you're going to read some of that stuff. Um, but I would give uh, Transformers Robots in Disguise, which is, uh, they have at least five graphic novels worth of them. I'm just starting the fifth one. Uh, I would give that, you know, one and a half space herpes. It gets a little convoluted. It's a little weird at points, but it is pretty good Transformers fun if you like Transformers. Though it's so far, so deep into it, like not everyone's there. And they're on a newly reformed Cybertron, so things are a little weird. With, um, But... It is a good read if you like that Transformer stuff to get you back in. I'm going to finish as far as this got. Some there's another one called Transformers. Uh, um, that was more than me. There's Robots in the Sky. They have two series going on. They have two series going on simultaneously. I have the first of the other one saved, and it's sort of like a, a rental thing. You can have ten titles checked out at once. And then when you get done reading it, you just return it, and you're good. Um, so, but there's a lot of stuff on there you can read if you want to check some of that stuff out, especially comic graphic novels. There's a lot of authors who have just sort of like quick books you can read on there. A lot of those, you know, trumped up fan fiction sort of books. But those are fun reads here or there. These are pretty quick. Uh, I suggest checking it out. Cool. Uh, I did not mention that um, there is a new pop that I will have to get, and you'll probably want to get to, even though you're not a pop person. They have a John Wick pop. <laughs> I don't like Funko Pop bottles. I just thought it was funny to say they have a John Wick pop. I, I will find like... a John Wick action figure if I want a John action. And honestly, right now, I think I'm good on action figures since I've got Jetfire. And just so everyone can see that. Oh, God, he's heavy. This is Jetfire. This is my head. 
<laughs> Just for scale purposes. He's huge. He's awesome. Uh, I can't wait to clean off my desk so I can transform him. Because Guns is like, transform him! I'm like, I don't have room on my desk right now. <laughs> and there's him in front. This is like a standard size, sort of small, uh, sort of mid to small size transformer. In like standard car. Like you put him back, he's almost 28 millimeter car scale. And he is about knee high. <laughs> he is bigger than an Imperial Knight. I have a picture of that. He's bigger than Wolverath. He's super cool. For more of the dice, I'm Gonzo. I'm John. Guys, thanks for listening. Take care of yourself. See you in two weeks for episode 100. Episode 100 next. Woo woo! It'll be exciting. We're going to talk about the same stuff we always talk about. No, we won't. We'll talk about something different. That's true. Some cool cons or something. <laughs>